If you're going to self-manage your rental properties, you know I'm a big fan of finding that proper tool to get the job done. Well, we want to tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. Collect rent online and get paid. Find that perfect tenant with their screening and listing services and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using card, ACH, or cash, set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it, and even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. Did we also mention that RentReady is unlimited and all of this is flat priced? No tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for people to manage their own properties so you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the REI Mastermind Network. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only $54 at RentReady.com when you use our special code MASTERMIND. That's RentReady.com, R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code MASTERMIND, M-A-S-T-E-R. M-I-N-D at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only $54. We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. So let's kick off part two with our chat with Mark Dolfini, the landlord coach. We're going to focus a little bit more on property managers and how to select that right one for you and how those numbers need to work. So stay tuned. And there's a lot of great content here. Well, frankly, property managers typically aren't going to care as much as you. Right. And so now you're kind of uh, relinquishing some of that responsibility and some of that, those tasks to somebody that has to be a team member. Do you have any tips and tricks on as to how to select these type of people? I mean, there's, um, frankly, that's just the situation. They just don't have the, the skin in the game like you do. Yeah. And, and I am a property manager. So I will, I will tell you, you're absolutely right. And, and I actually, I coach property managers as well. And I will tell you that fundamentally, <clears throat> so let, let, me, let me go back to the VIP method for just a second, okay? So let me explain that. Then I'm going to answer the, the reason sure. why property managers are terrible at this, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you'll understand it in the context. So vision sure. is really about what you're trying to accomplish, right? So once you get a really clear vision of your future, right? Let's say that you, and I use this analogy all the time, but let's say that part of your vision is to lay on the beach for two months out of the year, rubbing cocoa butter on your belly, right? Mm-hmm. The next piece is Do you speak uh, with experience on that? That seems, seems <laughs> a little close to home there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, uh, it was my white belly, you know, showing <laughs> to the sky. That's just awful, an awful visualization. Yeah. But <clears throat> say, you know, let's say for argument's sake, you want to lay for two months on the, on the, I mean, it, let's face it, me being sitting still for two months would be bad for the world. So no, I, I don't do that, but, <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I do, I do enjoy my time off, mm-hmm. but 
But the point is, if you have a, if you have a real clear vision of what you're trying to accomplish, the next piece of the VIP method is infrastructure. Now, mm -hmm. infrastructure involves the bones of the business, right? The desks, the chairs, the software, the computer systems, but it also involves the asset class, right? Now, mm -hmm. in the beginning, <clears throat> I was buying everything that was for sale. <clears throat> so, um, the, you know, basically, if it was, if it was, if it had a price tag on it, as long as the numbers reasonably worked, and again, I did that wrong too, but if the numbers reasonably worked, then I would buy it. Now, a lot of the stuff I was buying was just C and D and F type properties. I mean, these were awful, right? Right. Well, the problem was I was buying up properties that were, that re required such a high degree of maintenance that it was attracting clientele that needed a very high degree of management. Right. Right just wearing me out. And again, it's, it's just, it, it was, it was just bad. It was just a bad fit for me in terms of, you know, having any sort of time off. So that's the infrastructure piece. Now the final piece is process. Process is how you do stuff. That's the tactics that we talked about earlier, right? So now, you know, so you've got these processes that run on the infrastructure that you built that all stays in alignment with your vision for the future. Okay. Now, if you don't have enough infrastructure or process, if your infrastructure is weak, okay, let's say mm -hmm. that you don't have a property management system, like a property management software system, right? Or your processes are not good, mm -hmm. okay? Meaning, you know, like <clears throat> rents don't come in in a consistent manner. You don't have a real consistent way of, of doing collections because there's no process for it, right? Mm -hmm. Then that has to get beefed up with people, right? right? So if the infrastructure or process is weak, it always shows up in one place, always. And that's poor communication. It's always related to bad communication. And I'll give you an example that's out of the, outside of real estate. Let's say we, we've all had bad service at a restaurant, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's happened, right? <clears throat> well, what's the real problem? The problem is we can't communicate our order to the kitchen, right? right. Or the kitchen never got the order, right? That's a, that's a communication issue. That's, a, that's either an infrastructure problem, meaning that the, there was no system, systematic way to make sure that, that the order got delivered to the kitchen there was, and there was no negative feedback loop. Mm -hmm. A negative feedback loop means that if something doesn't happen, how do you know, right? right. So that's why a lot of times you'll see the negative feedback loop and a lot of well-run restaurants is when you get the manager that comes around to the tables and say, how is everything tonight? Right mm -hmm. now they'll do it generally roughly about a halfway into your, into your visit, but at least it's some sort of negative feedback loop. If there's no negative feedback loop, it's left up to the customer to say, Hey, where's my food? Hey, can she take our order? Or the process is bad because that, waiters got seven tables and this waiter over here only has two, mm -hmm. right? We've all seen that. That's bad infrastructure, bad process. It means that they're, that they're either not scheduling them right. They're not parceling the workout right or something, but it's something related to infrastructure or process. Okay. So bring that into the realm of property management companies. Most times what I see is it's generally, now you, you, you have to be in most states and I'm pretty sure it's in all states that you're required to have a real estate broker's license to do property management. Nearly always, this is a realtor also doing property management on the side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or even if it's a business, they're also doing, you know, they'll, they're, they're, they're selling real estate. They're doing, you know, uh, they're doing property management. They'll sell, 
essential oils. I mean, they'll do anything for money, right? They'll yeah, do whatever. Well, you know, a great example is we're seeing somebody right now who um, they have a cleaning service, they have a yep. handyman service. So there's a lot of other companies spinning, you know, it's all related, but it's spinning off from that core property yeah. management business. Yeah. And, and they're trying to be a one-stop shop, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, they're, they're serving too many masters. It's just, it's not, it's not, they're chasing too many rabbits and they end up catching none. So the problem is they don't have a real intentional infrastructure built around, you know, around infrastructure, around process. So what ends up happening at a property management system, you know, property management company is that you get one or two people that are worked to death, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have, um, you know, uh, you you have things that fall through the cracks and the the infrastructure and processes, um, what ends up happening is you know, you get bad communication, you get work, you get maintenance that gets done that you didn't even know about. Um, again, what's the negative feedback loop? If the resident doesn't pay rent, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, well, you know, you never think to tell the res to tell the owner that the resident didn't pay rent. Well, is that relevant for the owner to know? Absolutely. It's relevant. What's the negative feedback loop? So all these things that get, that, that happen and it's, it's just not communicated because of bad infrastructure or bad process. And most property management companies, especially the few, I mean, there's a few that I've worked with that are real, that were good and just want to be better. But there was a couple that I've worked with that were just an absolute barn fire mess. And they, they didn't recognize that they really needed to be intentional about building up and developing their infrastructure and processes. Now, if you are taking that in house and you're the one that's going to do that, yes, you're going to manage it a lot closer to the best than a property management company would. That's why I wrote the Time Wealthy Investor 2.0 because you can do this and not have to be operationally involved in all the intricate details of that. In fact, I would tell you that's probably not what your skill set is. If your skill set's doing the deals and you want to grow and you enjoy doing that part of it, but you don't enjoy the the landlord trap of the operational stuff, mm-hmm. then that's what this, that's what this teaches you. It teaches you the vision, the infrastructure and the process method. So you're not, you're not constrained operationally. Sure. So let's, let's backtrack there then. Let's say some, you know, a lot of people, at least when they start out, they end up self-managing these. Like what, um, would you recommend getting a property manager if you just have one unit or would you like what, what uh, systems in place do you think are needed so that it's a successful pro- self-management and right. how, how do you maintain the communication you need with the, with the residents, but not right. feeling like you have to say that sometimes I think that there's, there's some level of empowerment that we could possibly give some of the residents where um, they could feel comfortable replacing their own light bulb. For example, you don't have to respond right. to every single thing thing. But um, again, it it probably relies on that level of communication or something to the resident. Yeah. I mean, you, and I know some, um, um, some tacticians, right. They'd some gurus teach that the, the resident should be responsible for the first 50 or hundred dollars worth of maintenance or whatever it is. Right. In my experience um, that only works with certain asset classes Um, because if I've got a B or a type property, generally that could work. Um, it's also been my experience that if you're not having 
recent or frequent inspections on the property, you know, people don't respect what you don't inspect. So if you're not checking the property once in a while and you go there and, you know, let's just face it, you know, as homeowners, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, we kind of go to the garage, we flip on the light and you're like, what's wrong with the bulb? And then you, then it, then it, then you wiggle the switch and it comes on. You're okay with leaving the switch kind of, well, you have to wiggle it, you know, you have, you know, whatever. It's not perfect, but you know how it works. Right. In that situation, if I'm going to, if I know that I'm having to pay 50 bucks or up to 50 bucks to repair little nuance items like that for a property that I don't own, am I really likely to do the maintenance? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So if you want a well-maintained home, there, you, you have to be intentional about it. But again, you, if you budget for it, it shouldn't be a burden. Mm-hmm. But that's why when people like, if, if you're buying properties through the MLS, you're buying retail. It's like going to a Target, right? Or a mm-hmm. Walmart or whatever, buying a jacket, right? walking to the parking lot of that same store and trying to sell that jacket for a profit. Mm. right now could you yeah i suppose but man that's a really hard way to make a living Mm -hmm. right you're paying retail you're paying too much you're paying you know you're basically putting it out to the world and you're paying you're you're paying retail commissions to a real estate agent and then if you're getting a mortgage from a bank now you're paying retail for the money that Mm -hmm. you're borrowing right it's just really really expensive and then if it's a if it's a any sort of renovation that has to happen now you're paying retail to a general contractor right? Like there's just, you're just doing, you're checking all those wrong boxes. I mean, it's basically, you're on the wrong side of retail. Right. Right. So it, it you, you, you have to make sure that you're buying properties and, and budgeting those individual line items. I can tell you if you're, if you're buying properties that way, I'm not saying that, that, that you can't ever get there, but I mean, it's just going to be a while before you build up enough equity in the property where the cash flow starts, starts, uh, starts overtaking the, the, uh, um, the other expenses that you have. Right. So, so to, to answer the question, I think that, you know, realistically, you know, do people, should they turn it over to a, a property manager? Um, what's your vision? You know, what is your vision? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? If you, if you can't stomach the thought of ever having to talk to a human being that's going to occupy a property and, and you really don't want to manage anybody, I mean, you really want to turn it over to a property manager and, 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 you know, kind of set it and forget it. I will tell you, you know, as a property manager, the people that I really don't like managing for are the people that are not engaged or the people that come in once every six months, question every charge from the last six months. And and like, dude, I've sent you statements every single month and now you're questioning stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so that's, I will, I will caution you that in my experience, and again, this is just my truth. I'm and people are happy to disagree with me and, and show me proof otherwise, but it's rare that I find, um, or I, really, I haven't come across anybody that's, that has a true set and forget sort of real estate asset that generates returns without ever having to touch it, without ever having to be engaged, without, mm-hmm. without ever having to make a decision. And mm-hmm. Um, I know people love the idea of mailbox money and, you know, as they're, you know, as they're, as they're counting their money from their yacht, you know, and the Caymans, um, I'm just telling you that, you know, and, and I, in my opinion, you have to be willing to manage the managers or you have to be willing to manage the business. Right. Now, you know, what does that mean? 
you know, sometimes you, you are going to have to call and I would schedule depending on your level of, in, of, uh, of what it is you're trying to accomplish. Maybe it means a weekly call with your property manager. In my case, you know, I, I honestly think that many people can manage it by themselves because now they become business owners mm-hmm. and now they're managing their assistant. Now they're managing the, the, you know, their CPA or their attorney. Now they're managing other people that just, that, that helps them make decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and some people just don't have the skill set or the risk tolerance for that. I get that. And, and that's not wrong. I'm just saying, I, I get that. It's a good self-awareness measure to have, but I think a lot of people can manage it you know, especially people who are self-managing now, they can just make it better mm-hmm. and have someone else do the stuff that they just intrinsically just aren't good at. Sure. Well, what are your thoughts on resident managers? Having somebody on site that uh, you might be uh, giving them a little rent break or, or something to help with some boots on the ground kind of a thing. Yeah. So if you've got a multifamily and <clears throat> you want to have somebody that's there on site, um, I would keep keep the transaction at arm's length. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad idea, um, but you have to make sure that they're paying the full rent like everybody else and you compensate them separately like everybody else. Now, with somebody that's living on site, then you may be getting into some, um, you know, are they employees? Are they not employees? Like, I mean, that's something for you to decide with your attorney or your CPA. But um, I like the idea just because, I mean, heck, heck, if they're willing to take, take that on, then mm-hmm. they've got an actual person on site that, that, can, that can manage that sort of stuff. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I would, I would have the expectations very clearly drawn, and I would also have the compensation very clearly drawn, and, but I would, you know, I would separate the fact that they're a resident from the fact that they're basically working for you, I would separate those two roles completely because that can get that mud, that water can get muddied very, very quickly. Okay. No, that's a, that's a good point. So I, you know, <clears throat> gee, we were kind of, we, we went almost double the time that I told you it was probably <laughs> going to. And I, I had a feeling that was going to be the case, but I you, you got to admit, I warned you. Um, yeah, that's that's fine. I, I just I just hope that people on the on that are watching this aren't bored to tears. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm sure not. So was we could just keep going here, but it, right now, is there any questions that you think we sh- probably should have asked here today? That no, I I, I think you know I, I know sometimes my questions or my answers to your questions seem a little vague because again I always ask the people what is it you're trying to accomplish. You know, what are some things that people can do? And I'm not trying to be self-serving and promise. I promise you, if you buy my book through Amazon, I'm not making a ton of money. And just basically it's, it's, it's really more about um, like most of the money goes to Amazon, unfortunately. But if you buy the book, the time wealthy investor 2.0, this is what it looks like. Um, so if you buy that book, um, there's a lot in there. And if you're not a reader, there is, it is available on audible as well. But if you buy the book, I think it's a really good way for you to get started, even if you have no intention of managing the property yourself. Mm. It's going to make you an expert in the VIP method. And then when you start to see other businesses that don't run well, you're going to recognize why. And here's the problem with infrastructure and process. That when, when a system is running well, it's very hard to notice right? It's not mm-hmm. until something's either non-existent or broken that you even notice, 
right? right? Like think of a toll, you know, a toll gate, right? Mm-hmm. You drive up to the toll, you throw your quarter in and the gate doesn't go up, right? right? That's obviously an infrastructure problem. Something's broken with the infrastructure. So now the cars are all backed up behind you. Everybody's honking. No one can get over. It's a mess, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not until it's broken or non-existent, like basically, you know, let's say, uh, you know, some, there, there's some issue that's going on and there's no mechanism to, to fix the problem, right? right? Let's say for argument's sake that there's no one there tending to the, the toll gate that can come over and hit a button and make the arm go up, right? Let's say no one is there to fix that because they, they relied on it being automated. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a problem, right? Now it's non-existent. So now you've either got a broken infrastructure or you've got a non-existent infrastructure. But uh, or a non-existent process, right? Or a broken process. So that's why I say like, it's really hard for me to answer these questions real, real specifically because not everybody's going to have the same skill set, risk tolerance, you know, stuff like that. But I think if you did read the book or listen to the audible, it's going to make you start to think in a new way. It's going to start to make you think specifically, what is it you're trying to accomplish? What is your vision? What's this all for? And when you can start getting really, really clear on what it is you're actually doing this all for, all of a sudden that becomes your true north to make all decisions by. Mm-hmm. And you can then look through that lens anytime an opportunity comes up and says, hey, is this opportunity going to bring me closer to my vision or is it going to bring me further away? If we're going on a road trip from Detroit to, to Key West, because our vision is to sit on a beach chair drinking cold drinks, watching mm-hmm. the sun go down. And, you know, go, a good goal along the way from Detroit to Key West is Indianapolis, Chattanooga, Atlanta, right? We've got goals along the way. But let's say we're halfway between Indianapolis and Chattanooga and you say, hey, you know what? I got this buddy who lives in St. Louis. We should totally go hang out with him. I haven't seen him since the third grade. He'd, he'd, be, a, he'd be a blast. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to say, Jack, dude, that's literally completely in the opposite direction. It's going to take us completely away from our vision like, no, like, let's stay focused on our vision. Let's get to, let's get to our vision. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's the sort of thing that when you get really hyper-focused, it gives you that ferocity of purpose that nothing else in the world matters except getting to that vision. So that's why I would say, get really, really clear on your vision. And if you're having struggles, you know, I'm happy to have a conversation with people because it, th- this is something I'm really, really passionate about. And I really believe that the real estate space is is really missing this piece because we're all so tactically driven. Right. No, I I can't thank you enough, Mark. This was this was this was a great conversation. Um, in fact, uh, uh, it it kind of changed some perspective or, or refocused a few things for me. I really appreciate that. Um, if people did want to reach out to you, where where would they find you? Uh, uh, generally I'm on uh, Facebook. You can find me at my landlord coach It my logo looks like this. So it's, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I've got a YouTube channel, but if, uh, if you want to just drop me an email and you'd like to have a discovery session and just kind of a strategy session, um, my email is mark at landlordcoach.com. It's pretty simple. M-A-R-K at landlordcoach.com. And, uh, you can reach out to me then. I'm happy to have a conversation really with anybody. I'm not a strong sales kind of guy. And I recognize I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I, 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 I am passionate about making sure that people are heading in the right direction. It's, it's rare that I talk to somebody that doesn't want to make their world better. And they want to do that by having some time freedom and by having a little bit extra money. 
it's rare that I don't talk to someone that wants to give more back to their community or, you know, spend more time at their church, getting a closer relationship with God. You know, like, how could I not get wrapped up in that? How could I not want to be passionate about that? So right. if you'd like to have a conversation, I'd be, I'd be happy to, to have that with anybody. And I would uh, highly encourage people to do so. So thank you again. It was great chatting with you. I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. Um, but uh, really appreciate your time. And I hope we can do it this time, uh, not wait a year and have you <laughs> chat again sometime. Very good. Well, thanks, Jack. It was a pleasure. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice.